What's up, everybody? So my name is Dr. Sakib Habib, and this is the first episode of my Swift podcast. For those of you who don't know, the Swift podcast is going to be a podcast to introduce you to the local heroes of my life, meaning the people that aren't famous, the people that don't have the social media attention, the ones that you don't know exist, but they have been enough to influence people. They have made enough in their career path to influence others to make sure that, you know what, they're successful and they're still learning how to hustle and grind. Sometimes people get so soaked up in fame and they think fame is all it is if you're famous you're good at what you do however i know a lot of coaches a lot of doctors a lot of therapists that aren't famous at all but they know just as much as the famous people so i'm going to introduce you to dom jackson a good friend of mine a really well-educated trainer he is out in cali living the dream right now and i'm going to have dom kind of introduce himself kind of give you guys an idea and we'll take it from there dom it's all you brother sakib sakib that was the greatest introduction to the first episode. Like I, I came in with being a guest here. I was like, this is great. But then being a guest after that introduction, I'm like, holy smokes. Like, but it is, it is an honor to be on here. First of all, thank you so much, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure's mine. So Dom, give everyone a background about yourself. So I know we met at Strive and you were training next door and you're also doing some corrective exercise through, um, Strive helping out Dr. Legere. So I just want to give them a quick brief of what you've been doing and what kind of started your motivation of becoming a trainer and where you are today. Of course. So I've been a, a personal trainer for it's 2020. Now I started in 2015. So I've been, I was a certified personal trainer from 2015 till now. I started training before then, like it was like in parks and stuff with a bunch of my, my friends and stuff. But as far as like a certified professional trainer in the past five years, um, and that's been like a process in itself. You know, I got certified through NASM and, uh, the first gym that I worked at, I was basically like an intern over there. It was like a circuit style gym, um, kind of similar to nine round in the sense that it was like, you go through a circuit within a certain amount of pace, but, um, it was also, but, but it had strength playing strength training components as opposed to boxing stuff. So it was like box jumps, squats, pushups, you know, the basic strength training movements. And that's where I began like my fitness journey from there. I went to another club where I was, uh, trained clients one-on-one and did some group classes that was a little more of a commercial area in club metro in uh, jersey um yeah from new jersey and um then i ended up going to the field house where i ended up meeting you at strive and at stride and at the field house and that's kind of where it came from there there we go so i know being a trainer i've been in those shoes um i'm obviously in the physical therapy realm but training was what got me into this position so i want to i want to make this podcast for those young trainers i want you to inspire them and remind them of a life of a trainer so we started at strive you made this big move to cali um Mm -hmm. talk me through that experience what drove that move for you why are you out there what's the difference and like day to day and as a training life like how does it feel for you um especially with covid now there's a big change in the in the gym industry there's a big change in our world so we all know that that's going to be a, a huge factor influencing yes there yes it is it's been a huge move so uh my older cousin but he's like my brother lives out here in california and uh i came to visit him a bunch of times over like the past couple of years and he had gave me an opportunity to come out here and move out here and i was like 
Oh yeah, like I wasn't wasn't even a question. So you know, uh, I planned it out my last couple of days of the you know, in Jersey, um, and I actually drove across the country with my dad from Jersey to California, and we went through went through nonstop too. Like we took four hour shifts going back and forth. It was it was pretty nuts. I would <laughs> never do that again, but it was it was an awesome thing to do. Okay, uh, to get you know get to warm and sunny California, get the California life in, and uh, as far as the difference between the places of here and there. Yeah. The pace is definitely a little bit slower here. You know, the weather's always within like it's it's basically springish for most of the year, spring like or prime summertime most of the year, seventy five ish. You know, yeah. I haven't seen rain in like four months. It's sunny. You can go to the beach basically year round. So that's like the awesome. feel, like the culture is around here. So it's definitely different in the sense that like just like dealing with this difference of seasons, the weather, and the pace of people is being a lot more relaxed and just yeah. chill. But also because the whole place, because it's such a nice weather all the time, people are more prone to be fit because, you know, there's like gyms on every corner. When I moved here, I worked at a, at a 24-hour fitness. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of 24-hour fitnesses around here. There's a bunch of strength training gyms. There's a bunch of bodybuilding gyms. The whole culture around California is just like fit, 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 fit. So yeah. it is very, there's, like people always say that the market is pretty saturated. And like, they're not lying because it's just so, you can find a gym basically any corner, you know, there's so many different places you can go inside the gym and find the gym where you want to be. Um, what was I going with this? Uh, my story, California, but, uh, the difference anyway, COVID. So I've been training that place for a year. I've been in California yeah. for a year, different place, different people, met a whole bunch of different people, trained some people, helping people get their goals. COVID hit, you know, uh, when, when things were going on in, January, February, things were still semi-normal here. COVID was just a thing you hear about in the news. And then, boom, March hit, and it was like lockdown. And my gym just went – I was training a lot of uh, elderly people at that time, so they slowly just started trickling off within the February time because, like, I'm not going to the gym. Then March hit, and they were like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm out. And from there, I had to, like, pivot from training to – like, I drive for, like, Uber and DoorDash, too, so I was doing that – to supplement my income in the meantime. And then like for the first half of COVID, like I was only driving to make money. Like no one wanted to train in person. I didn't have my online training business set up. So I really had to just pivot and adapt to move to the next phase. Wow. And I think that's the, one of the biggest things I remember as a trainer is that income revenue, right? One month you're making a lot of money. You're training a lot of people. And next month you're like, uh, I don't have any clients. They're disappearing. What do we do? And that COVID was a very good example. I think a lot of times with, training we get so stuck on consistency you know every month you you want to have those clients come in clients lose that drive and then there's your income as a trainer because most training jobs are commission-based so with that being said i think there's a i think the 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 topic is you know a life of a trainer so how did that feel i know we've had that conversation before with you and i but when you went from training to completely going into driving and now you're kind of back into training and the income change and stuff as a person how did you overcome that obstacle I know driving was your answer, but like internally, your passion is training. You love to train. You love to do it. I see your work all the time. So what drove you inside to kind of overcome that? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things I really like about being, being a trainer, being in fitness is that, that you're used to having to push your limits, you know, in order you, uh, one of the biggest aspects that we do as trainers, being people in the fitness industry is that we try to get people to push their limits to become a better them. You know, yeah. you want to lose weight, you want to put on muscle, you want to put on size. So that being like the nature of my career choice and that being like how I try to practice what I preach, it's always like, all right, 
if I'm doing something in the gym, if it's 10 pull-ups, I need 15. If I'm doing, yeah. if I'm doing 315 today, I want to do, you know, 375 in the end of the year. So like, that's a big, that's a big jump, but yeah. it's always about trying to find your, trying to take yourself to that next level and going where you're uncomfortable. Yeah. So when COVID happened, I was like, oh, you know, this is not a good time right now. This is not good. You know, January rush came in. I had a full book like this. I was, I was, I was, the time it takes to get a full book and training takes oh, long it, enough to absolutely. finally have it and then have something come and just snatch it all away. It, it hurt. But then I was yeah. like, all right, well, you know, if you, if I've, I've failed doing other exercise things, things before, you know, I've exhausted myself past the point physically doing stuff. And now that's just like the same thing with business, you know? So I like to correlate fitness to like other aspects of my life. Cause I know that once I think, Oh, if I can push through this through my body, I can push through this in my mind. So no matter Absolutely. what that, that next thing that comes in, whether it's COVID, whether it's, I have to drive this, there's always, you can always take a step back to make a step forward. So it definitely was challenging and annoying to have to deal with it, but I feel a lot better on myself now because I was like something, uh, something happened. I stepped up to the plate and pushed through and it wasn't just a physical test. And I think that's where the, the, the biggest component of your story lies is those obstacles of overcoming. So if we kind of backtrack these last 10, 15 minutes with Dom. Dom made a big move from New Jersey with a full book to California, right? And then from California to a full book to COVID. And now from COVID off of the full book, the biggest thing we preached as coaches and even as any type of professionals, we preach consistency, we preach dedication, and we preach commitment to the game. Right. Absolutely. And for us, this is our game. Our career is one of our biggest games, right? We want to be committed. We want to be dedicated. And as coaches, we try to drive that commitment to our, our clients and our peers and our family and friends to motivate them. But if we don't practice what we preach, we're not going to be very successful. Right. So I think you did a great job of practicing what you preach and mentally kind of overcome that barrier. Cause I understand, I think it's hard. Right. Um, when I was training at the level I was training in prior to going back to PT school, it was, consistently a grind you work in those late hours late days um early hours and just constant six seven days a week at times to get that book to be full book is full you're thriving and then you lose one client you're like again i gotta chase that cat again it just kind of keeps going <laughs> back and forth but like i guess it's a sick mind in us to keep that hunger to go um so i want you to kind of retract that aspect and if you had a young version of yourself or if you had a young coach that you were to motivate and remind them of a life of a trainer and how it feels to be a trainer talk I me think, through that i think uh so yeah the life of a trainer is a, it's, it's a great life you know you're put in a very you're put in a great position because as a trainer you end up being uh like people come in for the coaching but they end up staying because you end up being you know a therapist to them in a sense you end up being you know, kind of a friend in a sense, because to get someone to push themselves better, they have to have a certain level of comfortability with you. Absolutely. So, you know, as you help someone get through the, the mental barriers that they face in themselves, you guys end up being, you know, you end up being like a guide for them in their, in their story of their next becoming a better them. So one of the biggest things that uh, just me personally struggled with, it was like, I was very timid to be like in charge of people, you know, I was like, you know, oh, you're gonna come in, holy smokes, like I'm in charge of this person's life, I'm telling them what to do. They look to me like this, you know, it was like being a teacher, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a teacher, but having that same authority of people listening to you and changing you was definitely something big that it's like a big process you're gonna have to go through to kind of get to your next, your next level. Now, do you want me to talk more about uh, like how I am, like how the lifestyle is as far as like the, 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 
the job of it or like the more the mental aspect of like how it is with why not do both yeah, I right, think people you know. need to know both, right? I think at, at the end of the day, right? Here, here's my thing. When I was training, people were like, oh, you're stuck in this lifestyle, right? You're stuck in this like eat clean, work out five, six days a week and do nothing else. When they saw me eat a piece of pizza, like, what are you doing? You're a trainer. And again, that's, all, that's fine, right? We have to practice good habits, but that's not who we were. I think the, the label of being a trainer is, again, you have to be performance specialist, right? You have to be good at doing what you're doing, get in the ultimate goal, but finding the balance and i think you did a great job of finding the balance i think we we talked about that quite often with that so i would say give me both give me your lifestyle and give me what it is the job wise the the consistency of the job the hard parts of the job it's not easy right everyone thinks that you know what let me go get a certification i'll go get this 99 dollars <laughs> certification and i'm a trainer great now let me go coach people that's fine you can do that there's nothing wrong with that but does that make you a good coach does that make you the person that you can help other people just because you look good doesn't mean you can help someone right and just because you can help someone doesn't mean you look good it kind of goes back and forth so when i know when i first started training i was very overweight i ate big texas buns oreo cookies and cheeses three times a day and i knew my stuff however people didn't hire me based off of an image and then i got stuck in this whirlpool of image 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 and then when i got to a certain point in my career i'm like you know what does it really matter if i'm shredded to three percent body fat no, it just matters what I can do for someone. Can I be a good coach to change behavior? Can I ultimately do my job correctly and make sure I'm also getting the clients in the door and kind of work in that aspect, right? So I know we all had those barriers. I would say give me both at that point. We do. And if you're eating big Texas bar, you better let me know too. Because you know, <laughs> I got you. Your boys don't you. want some of those. Oh my gosh, I got you, man. Yeah. So um, just to just to, I think that's definitely a big misconception. A lot of people coming into the training game have it's. One, I'm going to train. I look good. I train. I'm going to make a lot of money. The second I walk in, people are just going to jump in and want to train with me. That's like, that's like a very big thing people think that just happens. You just look good and you save your trainer and then bam, you get a thousand clients. It definitely does not work that way at all. Um, the other thing is that um, you, a lot of people think just because you are a trainer or in the fitness world, you're always that person. You're always that fitness level all the time. For instance, like if someone's going to do compete for Spartan race, marathon, bodybuilding competition, whatever it is you're trying to go for, when you're in that mode where you're trying to train for whatever you're going for, you're at your cleanest, you're at your leanest, you're at your, you know, you're focusing on your goal at that moment. But then the second that's off, you know, you're just like everyone else. If you want to get a pizza or a beer, like it's not, we're not just some deities that's always in some, you know, magical place, which I feel like find the balance between, you know, you being you being like a good role model for them, for yeah. your clients. Like, okay, absolutely. I practice what I preach. Absolutely. But then me still being like, I'm still a human too. So like, you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you, I don't want you to not eat pizza because you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with you eating pizza, but if you want this goal, you're going to have to pivot during that time period. So like the same thing with like, you know, if I'm training for this race right now, I'm doing this, this, and this, I'm, I'm eating cleaner. I'm eating better. I'm in that, that state that like you want your right. trainer to be in. My trainer looks good. My trainer looks good. My trainer does that. Absolutely. And you know, just having that transition is a big thing too. Now to backtrack on what I said before about, um, you know, getting into the training game and becoming a personal trainer. Like I said, when I first, first started, I was already had like many like workout groups, one of my good friends in a local park. So we were doing like just fitness out there. And that was just for us having fun. So like I came in for the love of, 
fitness. You know, I was doing a lot more cow yeah. study exercise. I was doing pull-ups, muscle-ups. I was trying to get like front levers and back levers. And that's what like got me to really like, really want to do it. And then people were asking me how to, how, how to do things, but I didn't really have all the answers. Like yeah. I was in the training for training myself, but I didn't have the, the knowledge to how to help someone else who wasn't in that part. So that's what get, encouraged me to get my certification and become an actual trainer. Yeah. And going from being someone that loves it to someone that does it professionally is a very big switch because first off, it's not always about, it's not just about you anymore. Now you have to figure out taking the information that you know, and then teaching it to someone else who is not in that same place as you, you know? So it's, it's that teaching thing again, and it's understanding that individual person learning what they like, they don't like kind of taking things step by step and then framing it into their world. So for instance, uh, if, if someone came into me who was a musician before, as I talked to him about training things, I would relate things to music. So I'm like, all right, you have to learn your scales first and then you can do yeah, a, absolutely. a medley. I don't know exactly what terms to use right now, but metaphorically, <laughs> like I would just break it down like this is this absolutely. and you get a full song if you're full this. And then that, that, was, that was the process of it. So like understanding that like, okay, it's not just like, oh, I'm fit. You can't do this because I do this. You should be able to do this too. Because people are never, people are not always in the same mental capacity and thinking about it the same way. So when you come in as a trainer, yo, you're coming in as, as like an authority. Yeah, I can think of myself as almost like your, your fit big bro. Like I'm coming in to kind of help you, guide you through the way to get to where you want to be with some tough love too, though. So like, you know, right. if you got to you gotta get a little bit of a little, little spice at you, it's okay. But you got to really focus on guiding the person to where they want to be next. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think a lot of new coaches really need to understand too about, you know, the, just the grind of training overall itself, because, because most of your business is based off other people wanting to train with you, you know, there's a certain level of like personability you have to have with people. So, you know, yep. a lot of, one of the things that I really focused on for myself was to try to be as personable as possible, you know? So like when I walk in to the gym I was at or meet someone's, you know, friend, you know, I want you to feel like, okay, this person's in shape. They look good, but also like they're talking to me as a human being, you know, there's a, yep. a lot of the, especially with the fitness industry is kind of now it's very like, <laughs> like beautiful. I'm the best. And like, you ain't nothing compared to me. And, yep. and you know, it's a lot of people just feeding off their own egos and thinking they're better than what they think they are. And when it comes down to it, we're actually, we're, we're the same. I'm just higher on my fitness. I'm just further along in my fitness process than you are. Absolutely. But it's time for you. But and I'm here to help you unlock your fitness process. so You can be the yeah. best you. And that's all that's all it really is between the two of us. But, you know, people come in already in a place they're not used to being and afraid. And they're like, oh, I can't do this. And you come in like, oh, I'm the best and you can't do that. So you have to really make sure you have to think you have to focus a lot more on them than you do yourself yeah. and try to understand what makes them tick and, and speak their language to them. Yeah, it's kind of like finding out what the client wants, but also giving them what they need. Yes. Right? You give them the best of both worlds. You give, you, that give they want pull, something, like both of them. and then you, they need something. Okay, fine. And give them what you want to do, too. I think the biggest thing, um, and you hit a lot of key components in training, right? I think there's a lot of egotistic things, a lot of myths out there. It's not an easy job, all right? You can do really well in training. We've seen a lot of great trainers that are doing it full time and doing really, really well with it, right? But what's the difference between them and the outliers? The outlier is going to be that robot. The outlier is going to be that one that just, you know, one size fits all model, 
the outlier is going to be the one that's like, hey, this is all you can do and that's it. I know a lot of great coaches in our local community and you see them on a daily basis. Just, you know, they practice, eat well, do your exercise, do X, Y, Z, but they give you a balance. And going off this topic, I'm going to give a mindset to everyone that's kind of watching, right? Is the biggest mindset is exercise and wellness are a key component of life right now, right? This pandemic, this entire issue, that's a huge aspect, but it should not stress you out. It should not be a chore. When your passion becomes a chore, it no longer is a passion, right? If you hate exercise, it's a chore to you. You're not going to do it. If you hate eating clean and you hate dieting, you're not going to do it. So for the coaches watching, talk to your clients, talk to your patients, talk to your peers and make sure that when you're listening to them, do they sound happy about it? Do they sound great about it? Like motivated. If I text Don for a workout, like, yo, let's go do this workout. We want to be pumped to go work out. Sounds like, no, I hate it. He's not going to want to give me his full effort, right? And that's the issue is I think as sometimes in the profession, we forget to actively listen. And yes. when we forget to actively listen, our patients kind of slip out the door. That's it. And then we lose that, that connecting point with them. We lose that personal relationship with them. And again, we are in personal training. We are in a profession to be personal with our patients. We're not MDs writing off 10, 15 minutes at a time. They don't get the luxury we get. Our biggest luxury is we get to spend hours at a time with our clients on a weekly, daily monthly yearly basis and if you can't connect after that point i think you went down the wrong path as a career point right um and I, i look back at the when i graduated pt school and i look at how i was as a coach in training and now how i am as a therapist and even though i trained i feel like at times even in physical therapy i'm training certain people right because they're doing really well i need to coach you up i need to change behaviors and change modifications and i'm realizing that even then the industry doesn't change much you just have to make sure you make that connection if you're at a disconnect you lose it but I will also walk into work every Friday morning and say, hey, guys, I got my cranberry muffin from next door. And it's freaking awesome. Go. I'm ready to go, right? That's so it's, it's that happy go balance. Like, again, I don't think I have the same realm of the stress anymore when I was in the training industry. You know what I mean? Um, in training, I felt like when you walked into a gym with a muffin, like, what are you doing? And why is it here? Oh, there's pizza in the back. You're not going to touch that, right? Well, right now, let me tell you, I'm going to eat that pizza pizza if I see it in the back. If it's in the <laughs> me office, too. it's me coming too. right <laughs> um, But no, I agree with you. I think that disc, the connect is huge. I think you did. And again, you are a very personal guy. I think we met within the first week. We clicked. We were working mm-hmm. out together. We were talking corrective exercise. Um, and I think that's where the, the trend is going now with the, the population and the injuries that are occurring, especially now with COVID, people are indoors mm-hmm. so often sitting, working from home. You're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing a lot of postural dysfunctions, corrective exercise impairments. So have you continued that, that passion of yours of pursuing that? Or are you still continuing those passions? Because I know you and Mark were talking about it and you went corrective exercise for a bit. Um, are you still with that? Yes, 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 and no. I'm not like I'm not doing anything with the chiropractor at the moment now. Like everything I do is still just just uh just me like independent now. Awesome. Uh, but I'm still very much about you know corrective exercise. Still learning more. You know, I'm actually going to reread the Subtle Leopard pretty soon too. Like I, I have it's to just refresh book. some things. You know, there's a great lot of, book. Yes, very like read that book if you want to yeah. learn about <laughs> you know <laughs> the movement and the bodies and ways to correct yeah. things because with the pandemic. And with me, just with me personally, you know, I'm, I was driving and still driving now. So I'm in a car for like eight hours a day. So yeah. like, I'm really making sure, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my dead bugs. I'm activating my glutes more. Like when I get home, I have a whole mobility routine I do when I get done. Cause I'm like, I know where this leads and it's not happening to me. Exactly. 
And that was one of the biggest things that like, that took me from just being a guy who worked out to being like a coach. That was one of the yep. things that I was like, oh, like I know how to do this now. And I know I can help someone else who's feeling this problem, how to fix it. And I was like, that was like a big, a big moment for me. And I am still yeah. growing in that. Yeah. I love the fact that you just acknowledge one of the biggest things that people forget. There in my book, okay, so this is my personal bias. There's a difference between a trainer and a difference between a coach. And I think my only belief is a coach has an open mind, open book, and he's open to different ideas and he's learning, he's continuing to educate, but he can coach well because he understands movement, he understands the wellness part, he understands nutrition, he's a well-rounded coach. So think of your NFL teams or your basketball teams, right? If that coach only knew three plays, game over, right? You're not gonna win any games, but your coach has a constant abundance of books of tools and tools and tools and then behavior change and changing plays and changing that. I think as a trainer, you start as a trainer, but you have to become a coach. And if Absolutely. you do not become a coach, I do not think you'll be successful because what happens is you get stuck in this landmine of exercises. You get stuck in this landmine of training programs. In physical therapy, we have what we say, tools in the toolbox. In training, we have tools in the toolbox, right? We should know what exercise is going to light you up. We should know what exercise is going to calm you down. We should know the in-between for corrective. We should know the in-between for movement. A lot of our professions kind of coincide together. Like I'm, I'm coming from a different realm. I was in strength and conditioning for a long time, still in strength and conditioning in my mind. And I'm going to physical therapy. There's a lot of overlap between the two. But the one thing I think in both professions that exists, if you can be a coach, um, and primarily is behavior change. And I think that's the, the key component of both professions, right? And I think in personal training and, and strength and conditioning, behavior change is the hardest task to do especially oh, if you have those highly like i want to say use a stuck up but like the ones that just didn't want to listen they know it all they're just coming to you because i know you, you can motivate me but like i know what i'm doing just help me and when you that's when you start pulling hair i'm going bald on a daily basis because i'm pulling hair trying oh, to change yeah. it right oh, my man. luscious 20 year old hair is gone but I think that's the biggest thing do you agree right behavior I, changes. I, agree, I agree man i think that might be bigger than to be honest, like behavior, behavior changes what the whole, the whole thing is basically because all the information is out there. There's like nothing, there's nothing that I know that you can't find online. Yeah. But even if I say it to you, you don't change anything. Nothing's going to, nothing's going to happen. And lead a horse to water. They ain't going to drink it. Right. It's, it's just matter of how much they, they want. It, right? man. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where the, the beauty of it lies is as you go. And I feel like if you backtrack to when you first started, right. When Dom started at that park to where you are today, I think one of the biggest components you've learned is how to properly communicate and educate, right? And I've seen it in a lot of your content online. I've seen it a lot in content in your podcast and stuff. And even now myself, I'm still revamping. I think communication is one of the biggest things we can still continue to perfect in our profession because that's ultimately gonna lead to behavior change. But it comes down to, can I listen? Can I use their questions? Can I use their answers to help me elicit a different mindset from them? And then can I change them? And I personally realizing now uh, being almost actually this Friday, I'll hit the industry for about 11 years now. That's and, awesome. and it's like in 11 years, if I can't change your mind and I've been doing this for such a long time, there's something I'm missing. Either it's me at this point or we're just not compatible. And if you're not mm -hmm. compatible, I have a bunch of other guys in the facility that can take care of you. I can refer you out to someone because I want you to be better. I think that's what opens up another topic is, that that referral system that that system of using help i think in training we are so big on ourselves and like in a sense selfish mm -hmm. that we want to keep the client because we don't want to lose the money 
but I've always been like, you know what, if I, I know I'm probably the only trainer of a few that's actually fired clients saying, listen, I don't think we're working. You can go see Susan down there and she'll take better care of you and I'll be okay with that. And at least you'll remember that I brought you to Susan or I brought you to Cindy or I brought you to Jerry and they took care of that, you know, because I want you to get better. Because if I can't do it, someone else can. There's got to be a different barrier there. Um, I think that's another thing that the industry could definitely benefit from and I hope people learn to I continue think so to do that. Too. I think so too. Because even with uh, I, like the sending people to someone else, I think is enormous, man. Because I can't tell you uh, uh, the amount of times like, most people that I train were, you know, in like in they they call them industry athletes, people that just you know yeah. that work typical jobs and try to keep themselves in shape. Maybe ex athlete in high school, but they're accountant now or whatever it is. Yeah. Like they work at a regular job. Their job is not determined how they look physically. So that, that's a majority of who I trained. So there's a lot of times people like want to send me like their athlete kids, and like I have no problem training somebody who wants to go play for basketball, football, yeah. whatever. Absolutely. But it wasn't like what I thought about every day, how to get someone better for sport. My, my typical yeah. thought process is like, how can I get you better for life every single day? So that I had my good friends, you know, well, we know, Bibbs, um, I would send him athletes all the time. Like, all right, yeah, like this, how do you want to train this person or like that person? Yeah. Like, how do I? So like I, that, that process, like referring people that you know and you need to like, that process of having people, knowing what you, what you are good at and what you're trying to focus on. Yeah. And then sending people that won't fit that description somewhere else, I think is a great thing because it just helps everyone work out better together. Absolutely. And even then it builds a better connection with you and your peers. Like my mentor, Abby and I were talking about it today. And she mentioned that, you know what, if my patient feels better regardless of what I do, if I send them to someone else, or if I send them to X, Y, Z, it's fine because they're going to remember that I'm the one that did it. I think we need more people like-minded like her and yourself and Bibbs and just trying to help the patient and the client overall, right? Just making sure that, you know what, at the end of the day, you might lose a couple dollars. You might lose a, you might lose something here and there, but that person will ever for be grateful. The fact that you sent them to the right care. I know when I graduated school, I reached out to like six clients. I'm like, Hey, listen, back in 2012, we did this exercise. I'm pretty sure I could have hurt you. So here's what you should be doing instead of you're still doing it. You know what I mean? Like I generally still have that with me where I know that I've trained thousands of people in my lifetime where I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure like I had my programs. I'm like, that could have hurt them. I could have done that, but we're young, we're learning. And that was that initial mindset of like, when I was hungry for clients, I didn't really care about the the, the referral system or this, but when I realized that, you know, you hit a brick wall, get rid of the client, go take care of the client. As I matured in the profession, I'm like, you know what? We're just not working out. It's 4.30 in the morning. You're not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Let's just give you the Jerry over there. Jerry's got mm -hmm. a little bit more energy for you. He's got a little bit more experience. Maybe you just need that. And that's it. I'm okay with that. At least you'll remember that I sent you to Jerry. And then Jerry remembers I sent him a patient or a client. Like, hey, Jerry, hey, hop over that. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it works out. Just to piggyback off something that you said, um, you know, you, you like you said, the difference between being a trainer and coach is that process of constantly learning and trying to better yourself. And I think a lot of one thing that I think a, that I was really worried about in the beginning was like the fear of like not knowing the answer to a question. And yeah. if you don't know it, you can just say you don't know. Like that, you're allowed to be like, I don't know, right? Like I'm not sure if, if anybody actually, yeah. if a client asks something you don't know the answer to, like I don't know is a great answer because. You can just be honest up front and then you can yeah. go learn about it later or find out some information about it. But being able to say, I don't know, is such a huge strength that like needs to be said more because I feel like a lot of people end up just faking it and they're just saying the wrong oh, yeah. thing. And then they, they fluff it and they're like, oh, I got this. But the, the beauty of it is, right, and I hate to say this, um, is that when you're in that professional setting, the person trusts you. 
They trust you enough that if you give them fluff, you give them some BS nonsense, they will believe you. So it's up to you and your ethical and moral instinct to tell them the truth. If you don't know, don't know, period. If you know, great. If you know so-so, eh, maybe stay away from it still. Like, I'll do more research. I'll do this. And we get that on a daily base where I get questions. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to go look this up right now. I'll go to Google and I'll tell you. If I find it, if I don't find it, give me a day. I had a conversation with the patient last week and I got a bunch of questions. I looked at him like, listen, it's early in the morning. I'm still processing. I have three other people I'm seeing and you're not on the schedule. You're coming in for help. I'm going to help you, but let me take some time and look into this first properly, please. Like that's all I'm asking of you. I'm not saying leave, just hang tight. Let me read it. Let me look into it. I just can't, I'm not a genius as much as I want to believe in my head that I am like, great. I don't know everything. I'm still in school learning. Um, Let me read it. And if I can't find it, I'll, I'll get back to you. And I literally went back in on my lunch, looked it up, sent him an email. And he goes, wow. I was like, just trust me. Like, I'm here to help you guys. I'm here to take care of you guys. And I think that's the biggest aspect is that taking the extra step of stepping away for a second, not knowing that you know everything is going to make you a lot better of a professional. That's another piece of advice that we'll give our young coaches and our young professionals is that we don't know everything, but we can continuously learn whatever it's negative feedback or positive feedback, constructive criticism, whatever it may be, take it, soak it in, absorb it, and go from that point on. Right, Dom? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're still learning, man. Absolutely. Learning, learning so today. we'll take a quick pause here, folks, and then we'll be right back with you. Stop that. All right. How long was that? Uh, one. All right, welcome everyone. Come back to the Swift Podcast again. We're here with my good friend Dom Jackson, the myth, the legend, training expertise. Today we're talking about the life of a trainer and the consistency of growth and journeys. Um, and we've we've hit a lot of great components and we've had a lot of good different topics. And I feel like this is a conversation that could be longer than forty five minutes to an hour. You spend days Easily on this conversation. Um, but it's it's been it's been an honor so far speaking with you. So Dom, I want you to kind of take the floor and give me your final thoughts. Give me your final say on everything we just discussed in the last couple of minutes and so forth. And what would you, what big piece of advice would you give someone that's looking into the industry or looking into becoming a coach um, in our realm? Uh, well, I think there's three things that I would tell you to, if you come into the industry, there's three things I tell you to focus on. First of all, when you come in, make sure you come in focusing on the people, you know, who, who your clients are, what are they trying to do? How can you help them? You come in with the, I can, how can I help you mindset? You'll, you'll do great because all the other thing, anything that comes with how can I help you will always keep you in the right place. Ask that question, keep those thoughts going. The second thing is that it's a process. So, you know, you're going to have days where you're going to mess up. You're going to have days where you could have did something better. You're going to miss a sale. Someone's not going to want to train with you. Someone might leave you for someone else. And all these things are going to teach you more about how to get to your next level, you know? So you're going to have to, no matter what, the same way you are physically, you know, you have to do more, more reps to get bigger muscles. You're going to have to do more reps to get better at training. So it's always going to be a process. And number three, just enjoy it, man. Like each, each, it's such a, like thinking about to the first person I trained, how nervous I was to now, like, it's just so funny how, how much you can change. Like it, it really is. And it's, it's such a great thing to be happy where you are because it will attract other people that are happy too. Absolutely. I think those are three big, great 
great components that you just tapped on. Um, and I agree with it. I'm going to piggyback right off of that with my closing statement. Um, so I think, again, for young professionals, the biggest thing I want to go with is Dom hit it, right? Come in focus, take care of the clients, X, Y, Z. But enjoy the journey and enjoy the process. I think those are the two big things that Dom touched on that I was even thinking of. Um, I think that's a key component of life because, again, through Dom's story, you can see the hustle and bustle, right? You can see that he had a full book, went to Cal, he had to get another full book, COVID hit, boom, pandemic done. Now I'm driving, I'm trying to train again, get my book back. That's a process. That's a hustle. That's mental capability and mental strength. So when I introduced Dom to you guys, I introduced you to Dom for a purpose and a reason. Dom's process and Dom's journey. I think as young coaches and young individuals, when we enter the field, we think it's all butterflies and rainbows. I'm going to come get X, Y, Z, and I'm going to be rocking this gym. And I'll be the next hotshot trainer. I'll be the next hotshot coach. I'll be the next hotshot therapist. No, absolutely not. I think when you put in the work, when you put in the commitment, when you put in the hustle, when you put in the motivation and drive for you, you'll succeed. But you won't go all the way. What will take you all the way is your enjoyment of it because that's the positive energy and that's the excitement you bring in. I won't go to a coach unless he motivates me to kind of come in and want to do work, wanting to be pumped up. And you should be hyped about working every day. If you're not hyped about working every day, you're not in the right profession, period. You're not. If you're working 24 hours a day and you're still not hype about it, there's an issue, right? And I think Dom has energy. No matter what time of the day I've seen this man train, no matter what time of the week, no matter who it was, the energy was always consistent and it was always filled with positive energy and it was always filled with positive vibes where his clients picked up on it his friends picked up on it i was on the other side of the building picking up on it and that's what you want as a coach and that's the biggest advice i think you should take from someone who's being as successful as he is i know the journey is yet to come for him i think there's a lot more growth to come in that we have a lot more in store and that's that's the beauty of it right it's just trust the process the good old philly model that's been working really well in pa but like hey it comes into every career point and I'll leave you guys with that final thought. I think that it's not just for training. It's not just for physical therapy. I think it's for anything in life, anything in professional life. If you go in with whatever goal, vision, dream you have, and you bring your full energy, you bring your positive vibes, you bring your entire focus, you're going to be successful and you're going to be happy. And that's the ultimate goal is being happy and successful. And that's going to be my closing statement for you guys. All right, guys. Tom, anything else to add to that? Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so guys, here. this was the one of many episodes to come. You will be seeing Dom Jackson again in a couple of months. So just stay up tuned with us in the process. Thank you for joining for the first episode of Flip Podcast. Stay soon for the next one. Have a good night, folks. Take care.